Welcome to the Healing Trauma Podcast, a space for those who are healing from complex and developmental trauma. Introducing your host, Monique Coven, a certified trauma recovery coach, survivor, and thriver. The intent of the podcast is to provide helpful information with insight that can validate, encourage, and support you on your healing journey. You're going to hear stories from other survivors and trauma experts, featuring therapists, coaches, and practitioners. We will open up the conversation on effective trauma healing modalities, practices, and tools. If you are interested in trauma recovery coaching, as well as recommended books and healing resources, head over to www.thehealingtraumapodcast.com. And now, here is your host, Monique Coven. Welcome back, everyone. On today's episode, I'm joined again with clinical psychologist, yoga teacher, and author, Dr. Arielle Schwartz. Arielle is the author of six books, and she's a leading voice in the treatment of PTSD and complex trauma. Today, we're going to be having a conversation about the complexities of Mother's Day and how that can really have an impact on what kinds of emotions and feelings and sensations come up in our body as we are approaching this day. Often it's, it's complex because there's many different feelings and it all makes sense and it's all normal. And if you are feeling some of that stuff, I just want you to know that you are not alone. So I hope you find this conversation with Arielle validating and supportive. Welcome back, Dr. Arielle. So glad to have you. Thank you, Monique. It's so good to be able to speak with you again. Yeah, I'm, I'm so happy. I was planning on doing this myself, and then I thought, I'm just going to try. I'm just going to put it out there. And I invited you, and I said, would you like to have a conversation with me about this upcoming Mother's Day and you know mm-hmm. what, what sometimes is a, a whole lot of feelings happening inside? And you said yes, so I am so um, grateful. Yeah, thank mm-hmm. you. And and I just I said yes because it feels like such an important topic and a meaningful topic and one that so many of us can relate to. Yes, yes. Well, the first thing that kind of comes to my mind, and I I just want to validate that because I know I'm not the only one, is that you know as Mother's Day is approaching, we start to feel this almost this countdown of a complexity of feelings. So for those of us that are moms, you know, mm-hmm. our children want to celebrate and, and, you know, make us the center of attention. Mm-hmm. And then at, you know, and so we feel like, okay, we should be happy, you know, and then at the same time, there is this part of us that feels maybe very sad, very sad. And so we're experiencing both of these things at the same time. And it feels like a lot sometimes. It's really true. And I, I think kind of being caught in between different emotions, and I might even add to that picture, um, the complexity of guilt 
the complexity of shame that can come up around not feeling grateful for the mothers that we had, or um, when anger arises, when that sadness, as you named, arises, um, and and confusion, which I think sometimes we don't even lean into enough. But that confusion of why am I feeling this way, right? What what? How do I legitimize or validate the complexity of these feelings? I should be more grateful. I should be that daughter that can go and say thank you, but I don't want to do that, or I don't feel that organically. Yes, yes, yes. That's so interesting that you're saying that, because uh, I remember, you know, years and years ago, when my kids were small, I would just bypass those feelings. Mm-hmm. I would write the card, mm-hmm. send the flowers, have her over, and just yeah. bypass any of those icky feelings that were trying to come up to the surface. It's like, get down there, (laughs) you know? Yeah. Well, whose voice was that, right? Like who couldn't handle the icky feelings in the first place? And I think that's what makes it so confusing is that how we respond to our own emotions and and our own self-talk and behaviors is learned. And this, this, first attachment relationship, our our mother-daughter relationship teaches us so much about who are we in the world. And also sometimes it it leads us to carry an identity that isn't authentic to who we really want to be in the world. Yes, that's very, very true. You know, talking about attachment and then, you know, the reality that some of us have moms that we just did not attach to for a variety of reasons. Some of us um, were afraid of our moms, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, some of us, you know, just, they weren't there emotionally, physically, you know, in any way. And so it, it, it can just make it feel very, very challenging to just sort of be and be with the, be with what's expected on this day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And in and, and leaning into that, I think that with attachment, what makes it so complicated is that we, to some degree, have to attach to the mother that we do have. And so even though there might be part of us that that um, felt feels a repulsion or a drawing away from, there may also be that part of us that experienced um, the concern or the trauma or the the wounds that our mothers carry and in some way or another uh, attached to that or felt responsible for that. Oh, yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that we start to realize that as we, as we're healing, we start to pick apart maybe what's ours, what was theirs, Yes. you know, and how we may be carrying. Yeah. It just makes me think of, it makes me think of, you know, myself feeling so responsible for Mm -hmm. my mom as a child. I was sort of, I guess you call it the parentified child. Mm -hmm. I used to call it, I was the psychologist. I was her psychologist at 10. Um, But yeah, that sort of role reversal and responsibility, which now that I know some of the history, I know Mm -hmm. this is generational. Yes. Yes. And that's, that, that really um, has echoes with my own experience of being um, aware of my mom's pain, feeling responsible for it and knowing um, now as an adult, how far back this goes. I mean, even like tracking that, that this connects not only to her mother, but to her grandmother. Yep. Right. And, and to be able to hold 
I think that 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 perspective gives us a sense of compassion, both for them and for ourselves. Um, And maybe we can lean in a little bit to what is having compassion for ourselves really look like when, you know, when there is um, this, this wound around having not had that external mothering in the way that we needed it. Yes, yes. So it's it's interesting because I'm going to come back to that that part that I brought up when I said years ago I'd go get back down. Mm-hmm. See that was not a compassionate part, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know. And so when we start to feel things coming up, what would you say is a compassionate way that we could respond when we start to feel some of those feelings? Right. Oh, honey, mm-hmm. you really don't want to write that card right now. Let's just be with that. Wow, that feeling of I had to do this, but what was really true for me right now is that I wanted to run the other way. I wanted to say, I'm so angry at you, or I feel repulsion right now. Why is that? How do I actually create space to turn towards the truth of what is? you may still send the flowers and write the card, right? Like that's actually a separate piece. But when you're not pushing down those feelings and saying, get get, get out of here, get down, right? You're not welcome here. Now we're doing this really deep repair work of actually what is true for you is welcome here now. I love that. Yes, yes. And what wasn't welcome You know, all of those feelings in the past that we may have had could have been repulsed as a child feeling with, you know, what was going on and sucking that down. And Mm -hmm. by now allowing space for that. Very, very, very good. Hmm. I think very often we learn to push down our authentic feelings because Mm -hmm. somebody else gave us this message that they couldn't handle our feelings. So we actually have to cultivate what does it mean to be the the um, the good nurturing presence for ourselves now, and sometimes that really takes time, right? We can still internalize those voices of "you're not lovable" or "those feelings aren't welcome here" or "how dare you think that or feel that." Yes, yes, and I, I'm just I'm just thinking about that because that's what I you know I hear some people that I work with say, it just feels so strange to offer self-compassion. So I love that you gave some of the examples and even the, oh, honey, it might come out at first feeling kind of wonky because it's so strange, but I think, and I know with, with experience and, and doing it more and more, it starts to, we feel a little bit more at ease. Our shoulders start to relax a little bit into that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And, and I think that so often the way that we can learn how to, to carry that softness and, and warmth towards ourselves is something that we can learn in relationship. And that's what I love about psychotherapy and, and kind of other, um, you know, kind of guidance relationships where we can actually allow somebody else to step in and sit in that compassion seat, mm-hmm. even when we can't feel that towards ourselves. Yes. Yes. And then we take that in. Oh, yes. I remember one of the first therapists, well, not one of the first ones, because I had many, many in my lifetime of healing, but one of the first ones that was compassionate 
Mm-hmm. Oh, I had never experienced that before in my body. And it was just the most, yeah. And that does, it's like, there's that part of you that never got, got it, takes it in and it just simmers in there. And it, it's very reparative. Yeah. It's reparative, but I, it's also bringing to mind a memory for me of one of those first times that I had a therapist show up with compassion. And my first response was shame. Right. And I bet you relate to this. Like there's some way in which I couldn't take it in. Right. Like if, and and I couldn't even make eye contact with her because there, that feeling in me that had grown accustomed to not feeling worthy of that was, was so on the surface and that in a way, actually then just being held in the most loving way with the shame being allowed to be in the room, not being rejected for that feeling. Mm that that then started to be the seeds that that allowed it allowed me to receive because receiving felt very threatening. Oh, yes. Right. Oh, yeah. Yes. Re- receiving, if we've never received before, it feels mm-hmm. very, th- a, a huge threat. So that space for the shame to be there or to be allowed to be there and at the same time to take in. Wow. So what was mm-hmm. that like for you? Um, so many tears, maybe that's uh-huh, uh-huh. that comes to mind, like Whoa. so many tears to just even like, kind of like peeking out mm-hmm. from behind that wall of shame and seeing the loving eyes and seeing that they were that's still true. there. Right. Yeah. And, and that, that, um, that that was even possible. And, and all of this to say, like my mom and I have a good close relationship, right? Mm-hmm. Like there, there's a lot of, of beauty that stands there with she and I now. Um, and yet sometimes what we internalize can be really subtle. It can, it can be all of those again, generational layers. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, and I had a complicated family history between um, my mom and then also having a stepmom and having a very complicated relationship there. So, you know, where, where we get those messages from um, can, you know, can sometimes be hard to validate because, there, it, it can be complex. It can be not just, you know, not just that there was this completely rejecting mean other person. Mm-hmm. Actually, mm-hmm. there can be many, many layers of love um, mixed with who am I and how am I not yes. used and what's mine and what's yours. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. You know, it's making me think of, you know, for me as a child, there was the one parent because my parents divorced that mm-hmm. there was chaos and craziness. And I always wanted to get out and it was, it was awful. But then mm-hmm. when I'd visit the other parent, there was um, a just a disconnection. There was, they were very religious. I, I couldn't relate. It was very um, no, no feelings, no empathy. No. So it was like, you just feel like you just don't exist anywhere. It's like, right. I, I don't, I'm not, I'm not a person. I'm a person. I feel, but mm-hmm. I'm in the wrong world or something like. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right, like those words. Is there no place for me? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And and for me, I have some parallels because I also had a household that that didn't acknowledge emotions and didn't feel emotionally safe for me. And then I had my mother's household where I did feel emotionally safe and at home, which I'm very grateful for. But then it also had these other layers of complication because she carried a lot of anxiety and and mm-hmm. and fear, and so and so my safe home also, you know, led me to carry um, 
a lot of burden. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of burden and kind of like what you were talking about that, that wasn't really yours. It could have been generational and, you yes. know, yeah. Wonder why my shoulders always hurt. <laughs> <laughs> right. I mean, just the body. Yeah. <laughs> I think one of the most common experiences and questions that survivors of trauma ask is why do I still feel stuck when the past is over? Feeling stuck and overwhelmed is a very common experience. You don't have to do this alone. If you're interested in trauma recovery coaching, you can visit my website at www.thehealingtraumapodcast.com. So, you know, um, talking about attending to the the sacred wounds, you know, we were talking about that before and I just, I love it because I think they are so sacred because in my eyes, and I know in your eyes too, every single child is precious and beautiful and deserves to see eyes, loving eyes light up for them. And so how, how can we, I know you talked about self-compassion, um, any other suggestions on how we can attend to our sacred wounds? Yeah, um, it's interesting. I'm, I'm sitting here speaking to you and I have this photo. Um, I know our listeners won't be able to see it, but I have this photo of myself. I'm about five years old in this, in this picture. Oh my and God. I keep it around because it's a way to remind me that that young one is, is always here, right? Yes. And she's, she's at the ready to be loved. And I think what happens is that we can forget that those younger, um, you know, parts of ourselves are still here. And then as a result, we're in a way abandoning ourselves. So part of this is, is remembering to keep that, that part in mind and to come back again and again into whether it's writing yourself a love letter, whether, you know, that younger or it's um, bringing in your own mind those loving eyes to times in your life where you would really would have benefited from being uh, being seen, something that got missed or never witnessed. Um, holding ourselves, right? Like even just being able to place your own hand over your heart or um, or you know over your cheeks and just allowing yourself to have that experience of coming in and turning towards ourselves, especially in vulnerable moments. I love that. And I have a picture of me too. I have a a couple of them because I like to remind myself now the the listeners can't see, but I've got a bunch of (laughs) pictures. Oh, that's so beautiful. Look at you. But but it's it's for the same thing. You know, it's to remind Mm me, you know, to look at her because often, you know, we part of trauma is that disconnection. We disconnect because it's so scary or so overwhelming. We don't want to feel it. So that just reminder, and it's like a befriending or a reconnection to our younger parts. And yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, one of the, the ways that we can think about connecting to the body is that the body is that very direct connection back into ourselves across time and space, right? Like our body lives in the here and now, but our bodies are also the expression of all of the needs and wants and longings and incompleteness of the past. So there's this very direct access 
And it also allows us to find a sense of completion or resolution into the safety and presencing of ourselves in the here and now. Yes. Yes, absolutely. I love it. Yeah, I'm just thinking about um, a few things are coming to my mind, but I'm thinking about um, I have a really cute park on the corner mm-hmm. and it's got all like a water park and, and, it, you know, I used to take my kids there when they were small. I, when I walk in the park, sometimes I'll just walk there, no headphones. Cause I really like to take in and mm-hmm. feel that in my body, but I can feel at times like there is this delightful little girl in there that just is so happy to be in this park, yeah. <laughs> you know, and it's just, yeah, I, f- I feel it. And I think that it's sort of what you're saying along those lines that, that it's like, we feel all of it. I could feel that, you know, the adult that I am. And at times I can feel that like the picture I just showed you, the little girl who now feels safe in the mm-hmm. present in this park. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. you know, it, 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 you were speaking about memories of bringing your girls there too. And mm-hmm. I think that for me also as a mom, that that experience of becoming a mom, um, I remember this, the moment that I became pregnant with my daughter, there was an absolute like evolutionary force moving through me that was ready to shift the cycle, to reorient, to, to become something that um, that I needed for myself and to be able to offer that oh. to my children. Um, so a huge motivating force to kind of clear up what were those lingering remnants of my memories of being mothered. And again, I know in all of my heart that my mom was well intended, that she that she had done a lot of her own work. And, you know, I've shared with you, my mom is a psychologist. She's um, a beautiful human being. And I know that, you know, she did her best. And yet there were impacts on me. And, and, and thankfully, she can acknowledge that, which actually is a very healing aspect. I know I haven't prevented everything from not getting passed on to my children, right? There's imperfections in there. But, um, but when we are willing to do our own inner work, that is world work. And it changes yeah. what, we, what we pass on. Um, and it changes what's possible. Yes, yes, absolutely. Yeah, I think um, I know for myself, it was the same thing when when my girls were born, I have twins. And I, I, I knew I just wanted them to have security and safety. And before they could even fully understand, I was always telling them, I'm so happy that you're born. You're such a gift, like over and over again, I wanted to like nail it in there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the same thing. Yes, of course, you know, and of course it wasn't perfect. I had my own PTSD, which meant I had dysregulation. It's normal, but I really, you know, tried to help them to, um, Mm -hmm. to, to feel safe. And that's the beauty that I think that when we do that, I think it can also, again, it, it heals a part of us. Would you agree? A hundred percent. And I, I, I often feel like those, you know, the younger um, aspects of myself kind of piggybacked on mm-hmm. the, these positive parenting moments. Yeah. And, and it's so interesting. You're sharing about, you know, that, that like, even from the moment they're coming in, I'm so happy you were born. I'm so happy you're here. 
And I had this, this ritual um, that I uh, would do with my kids on their birthday of telling them their birth story. And I had a very complicated pregnancy with my daughter. I think a lot of things were trying to kind of come through cellularly through me. And I, um, I, I was one of those people where I had hyperemesis. Um, and so I threw up for eight months and, um, and was just acutely sick throughout that whole pregnancy. And my husband and I had gone through a traumatic loss of his brother. He, he died suddenly right after 9-11. Wow. So, um, and he, he was in the military and it was all connected to that. So, it, so there was um, a lot of, of loss and acute trauma and then historical trauma that I was working through in that pregnancy. And so to balance that, that was moving through me at the same time that I'm so excited to bring this beautiful child in the world. And so when my daughter was five, and again, you know, year after year, I'm telling her her birth story and how excited I was and how, how, you know, I didn't go into, I was so sick during your pregnancy. story, right? And and at the age of five, I remember her turning to me as I'm telling her about how she was born. And I was so excited to meet her. And she looked at me and she said, but mommy, when I was inside of you, you were so angry and I was scared and you didn't know it. Right? I know. And, and I was just like, oh, but and my <sighs> first response was a little bit of surprise. And then my second response was just to validate it. And I said, you know what, honey, you're right. I was angry and that wasn't because of you. There was a lot that I was going through and she, she knows of course about, about her uncle Kurt that died. And, um, and so I validated what she said. And then, and I said, and I wasn't angry at you, but I'm, but thank you for telling me how afraid you were. And then she turned to me and she goes, well, I know you weren't angry at me. I didn't do anything wrong. Oh, well, of course, that's not your story. And of course, you're going to get validated in what your experience is. And it was so beautiful to know that she feels safe enough Mm -hmm. to tell me what her truth is. Wow. Right? That's so beautiful. Mm -hmm. Wow. Also, it's quite amazing that she, in the womb, that she heard what was going on. Whoa. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yeah, one of those wise souls. She's 19 now and she still speaks her truth. And I'm grateful every day that she feels safe enough to to see her. Oh, it's so beautiful. Yeah. Well, this was such a such a wonderful, validating, comforting conversation. Is there anything else you want to share before we close? Well, what I will say is that for the listeners out there, if you're listening to this, and this is a tough Mother's Day for you, maybe because of grief and loss, maybe because of of traumatic attachment, um, to know that you're not alone, that, you know, any of us um, are uh, we we all have mothers, right? We all we all have have arrived onto this planet, and that the majority of us have some complication in our history in that sacred relationship. So to know that that is just maybe part of what makes being human both profound and challenging and beautiful and magnificent is that. We have those wounds, but we also have these opportunities for repair and um, really deep resolution. 
Yes, yes, that's beautiful and true. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, thank you very much for being with us again. I appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you.